Hey, Love Your Life fam. It's Crystal and Andre Holland. What's up, everybody? Hey, looking forward to hearing from you. So to find us, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. We look forward to hearing from you all. Yeah, yeah, we came a long way, and that's what the songs say. And I can do all things. I can do all things. Yeah, I can do all things. Hey, love it, my family. Crystal and Andre back at you today. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be in the world. How y'all doing today? Hey, what's going on, fam? We're excited to join you today. We've had a pretty productive day. It's been good. It's been actually really relaxing today. It's been relaxing, but also productive. You know, just getting some things done. We've been putting off. Uh, that's the beauty of just time of rest. Uh, it gives us time to really focus on some priorities, some projects that we put aside. So uh, I'm definitely satisfied, happy, and, and ready to go. Yeah, we had a late night. We caught us a good split last night, and so slept in late a little bit today, and so... Feeling refreshed, really refreshed today. Yeah, pretty good series we've been watching on. Was it Amazon Prime? Uh, it's either no, Amazon so Prime or Netflix. One of is one of them. Yeah, so pretty good series. Uh, so excited about that. Yeah, so I had some time with my boo last night. Oh, for sure, girl. You know what I'm saying? You know we do it. <laughs> so man, so what are we gonna talk about today, y'all? We are going to talk about why do people stay in toxic relationships? Toxic relationships. Huge. Huge, huge problem. I think all of us at some point, well, I can't say all of us, but many people have experienced being in a toxic relationship for multiple reasons. And so uh, we're going to touch on it and share kind of our own personal experience and then share our thoughts around it and I hope it's good for everybody today and that you enjoy this topic. So, you know, before we get into it, why do people stay in toxic relationship, baby? Kind of give me your definition of toxic, toxicity or toxic relationships, and then I'll chime in. And then we'll let's jump into the discussion. I think the core of something being toxic is it's just not growing. It's not flourishing. It's stagnant. Uh, it's dead. Uh, going through the motions. R- your roommates, there's no true companionship. There's no connection um, and abuse. There, there's aspects of it that can be abusive. And uh, the people are just not, the individuals are not growing individually or collectively. Right. And so when I think of toxic as well, I mean, so the word toxic means poisonous, uh, you know, venomous, harmful, unsafe, destructive, uh, fatal, deadly, Gosh. lethal. Uh, so... For sure, when we talk about toxic relationships, we're talking about, you know, harmful relationships, poisonous, venomous relationships, destructive relationships. Um, So for sure. So why do people stay in toxic relationships? Now that we've kind of talked about the definition, kind of talk to us, baby, you know, from your lens, your experience, your viewpoint growing up, you know, living life, experiencing, watching, kind of share with us what's your take on that? Well, I think. One of the reasons, there's multiple, but I think one of the reasons people stay in toxic relationships is really not understanding their value, not valuing themselves, and it being all that they know. Okay. So not valuing themselves, um, not understanding their value and all that they know. All right, talk, unpack that a little bit. Okay. So I think if you grow up in an environment where you never hear anything good about yourself Mm -hmm. and that's what shapes you that you gravitate towards those relationships and that's not always the case I mean there are people that fight to get away from that so 
you know, I got to high five and, and acknowledge those that have worked and you've put in your work to not multiply that in your life. Right. Um, but then there are people that they're, it's all they know. Fear of change keeps them stuck yeah. in what they know. And so they uh, they do multiply it. They, they gravitate towards people that were toxic like dad, toxic like mom, or whoever their caregiver was growing up. And so um, I think that that's a huge, huge problem where to them... It's normal. Right. And I think that's a key point. Like you, you stated, um, that's all they know. It's They've been in that environment or operating in it for so long that they're comfortable with it. Right. And they look at life from the lens of toxicity. And so, you know, they don't know anything else. So a huge part of it is, you know, looking at upbringing. If you grew up in a, in a relationship or, or a household where that was the norm, arguing, fighting, you know, cursing each other out physical uh, confrontations, if that was your norm, okay, growing up in a household as a child, seeing mom, dad, boyfriends, girlfriends, whatever your parents engaging in, that type of behavior, that becomes a norm for you. Right. And so as you begin to develop relationships, whether it be romantic relationships or just even, you know, friendship relationships, you still take on some of those characteristics or those attributes because you're used to it. Right. And so before you know it, you may find yourself operating out of that toxic mind frame. When you get upset, instead of talking to someone about it in a professional way and just say, hey, this is what's on my heart, you open up your mouth and start cursing. Right. You know, get upset, frustrated. Instead of, you know, problem solving, you ready to fight and throw hands. Why? That's because many times, not always the case, but many times, that's how you grew up. That's all you know. And so that's become your norm. And believe it or not, we said it before, Kids, beyond what you tell them to do, mm -hmm. they're going to do as you did. Right, right. I think another nasty issue is comparison. Okay. I think that there's so much shoved down our throats in social media of what beauty is, mm -hmm. what attractive is, what sexy is, all these terminologies. And then there's these false expectations that couples can have on one another. Uh, a man expecting his woman to look a certain way, a woman expecting her man to look a certain way. And when they don't, they're not fulfilled. And then they don't accept mm -hmm. that person for who they are, what they look like. And they really don't value what that individual brings to the table because they're comparing them to something that's, um, what's the word? Uh, gosh, it's huge in um, entertainment. Basically, you, all this makeup, all this surgery mm -hmm. that it takes to come and present and to look this way. Right. And then, but that's not, that's not real. Women don't wake up looking like that. Men don't wake up looking the way they look. Mm -hmm. And then there's just this out of balance of people in gyms just trying to reach these goals. And it's, and what's driving it is so toxic to, for man's approval. And it right. goes back to lack of self-value and not knowing your worth. Self-value, not knowing your worth, and, and a lack of self-esteem. Right. Because when you you treat, you treat teach people how to treat you. Yeah. So if you stay in a situation where you're being ran over, being abused, and listen, I'm not, I'm not minimizing it because I know it's not easy, especially, you know, mothers out there in a, a physical situation, a man that's being physically abusive with you, and you have kids, and you kind of, you don't know what to do. So by no stretch of imagination, am I trying to oversimplify this issue? But I do want you to understand, as I talk about not just from my own life and experience, but even ministering to other women, men, couples, married couples, singles, dealing with this very thing, you teach people 
how to treat you. And if you stay in situations where you're being beat, where you're being consistently abused, okay, your actions of staying is thereby empowering the abuser to continue to do that. Okay, so I know it's not easy, sisters. Uh, I know it's not easy, and then there's brothers that's abused as well. I know it's not easy, but you definitely need to make uh, take steps to, to to better your situation. So, babe, talk about have you ever experienced kind of you know toxic relationships? Most definitely. Um, it's sitting here thinking as we're talking. My earliest childhood memory of a toxic relationship with the opposite gender. I was probably in fifth or sixth grade, had my first little crush, and I just remember being afraid to to say something. And a friend of mine was like, "Why don't you Why don't you say something to him?" And I finally worked up the uh, confidence to say something, and he was like, "Oh, okay," you know, and didn't really respond. And I remember, okay, so how do I take this? And the most hurtful thing happened. So about a week later, he came to me and he was like, look, you're pretty, but your friend is prettier. You're too dark and your hair's too short. This is what he says to me. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Mm. And then he made this comment to me. If you hook me up with your friend, I'll, I'll go out with you for two weeks. Yeah. And as a little girl, I mean, it was such a major blow to my self-esteem. Now, fast forward, that was probably fifth or sixth grade. I ran into him when I was a junior in high school. And I happened to be just walking down the street. And he zoomed past me on his bike. I didn't recognize him. And all of a sudden, he yells, hey, 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 what's your name? And I told my name. And I can't repeat what he said because, you know, I'm not going to cuss. but then he was trying to get at me. And I remember it was like the most fulfilling uh, feeling at that moment to, that I wasn't weak right. as a female that I would just fall back and be like, oh, now's my chance. Yeah. But over the time, I had developed a level of confidence and knew who I was and I could shake it off, keep it moving. And I didn't need him to validate right. whether or not I was beautiful. Well, you shared like a little childhood crush, which... You know, for sure, um, you know, my particular... That was my first encounter. Right. My, yeah, so your first encounter. I, I would say when I truly look at a toxic relationship, because at the end of the day, you know, young, you know, you have your little, little girlfriends, little boyfriends, right. little stuff that is, you know, petty. But I, I would say for me, when I think about toxic relationships, and it really wasn't any physical abuse as far as me putting my hands on a woman or anything like that, or even, obviously, you know, a woman that hit me or anything like that. But I think uh, just... I would say early college, my early college years, just in relationships with good people, good, uh, you know, good heart. But in relationships that I knew, you know, wasn't um, going anywhere and years of kind of going back and forth. You know, one minute you seeing someone, you seeing them next minute, you're not just, you know, that kind of revolving door. And to the point where it, it became destructive because we were each fulfilling, you know, a need, you know, companionship and so forth. Uh, but just truly devaluing one another right. because, you know, we're both worth more than just a casual relationship. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And so for me, when I look at toxic, it's easy to talk about. It's easy to talk about uh, just, you know, something that's so, you know, physical. But all the times it's not necessarily a physical thing. 
You know, sometimes it's just that relationship. So for my, my case, that toxic relationship really dealt with just how we treated each other and seeing one another. It, it was devaluing one another, mm-hmm. um, thereby, you know, being very toxic because we both deserve better. Right, right. So, okay. So, you know, I went back to like way, way back to elementary, but I would say my first toxic relationship was when I was a senior in high school. Um, relationship started out great, but evolved into a toxic relationship because I, if I felt like if I was not supportive, that I was weak. And so when he started to struggle and go through some things and became verbally abusive, I felt like it was my job to be the strong one, to support him and to just take it uh, versus, you know what, you're not going to talk to me like this. You're not going to treat me like this. I looked at walking away as a form of weakness. Right. So like, I'm not going to give up on my man. Right. Even though my man may be abusing me, I need to be that good chick, that good woman that's going to be by his side. Right. Okay. And at that point in my life, I I was not in the relationship I needed to be with God. So my standard was man standard. It wasn't that I had really separated myself from a system that was teaching women that their value is less. Right. And and that's a whole nother topic. And so I believe that women, unless they are in an environment that breaks that, that cycle or that mindset, that there are a lot of systems that condition women to be mishandled and mistreated. Uh, and we can go back for the last couple of years with the whole Me Too movement. Again, that's a whole nother conversation. But there are a lot of excuses that are made to pacify abusive behavior in men towards women. And so there were, so there were some, some behaviors and and mindsets that I had developed that, you know, like I said, if I walk away, then I'm being the weak one. Yeah. You know, for, I think too, because you know, brothers, Hey, listen, I ain't gonna leave you hanging because oftentimes when we talk about toxic relationships, the focus many times is men putting their hands on women. And I, and yes, it is wrong. I'm not saying that, please don't, don't, I don't want you to think I'm saying it's ever justified to put your hands on women. No, that's not the case. And you know, in a, in a, a physically abusive manner, but I want to stress as men, there are many times we're the victims of abuse too. Okay. Right. Now y'all bear with me, hear me. And most of the time it's probably not physically where a woman is physically, you know, abusive to us. However, however, Okay, ladies, you ain't going to get a pass on this. However, there are times where oftentimes women engage in toxic relationships by trying to control through sex, through if you don't do this for me, I'm not going to give you this or, you know, this is what you need to do in order to, you know, keep me. So what I mean by that, okay, case in point, uh, if, if, if a man is being, you know, for lack of better words, pimp by his woman where he feels like he has to buy her the latest, greatest. Um, he has to buy, you know, these coach purses. He has to do all this stuff for this woman in order to keep her or to make her happy. And she uses this. If the woman uses that, you know, that sex or that beauty as a means to control, manipulate. Come on, brothers. Yeah. I want you to understand, regardless of what you may, may, regardless of what you may be thinking, you are in an abusive relationship and you are allowing beauty, sex, intimacy, a companionship control you. So keep your eyes open, brothers. Well, I think another area 
is that women have used their children against men. That's yeah. a huge one. Yeah. Uh, on, on multiple levels, uh, bad mouthing the to the children about the father, uh, threatening to not allow the father to be in their lives if they don't meet certain requirements by the woman, and all along they're damaging the relationship between the child and their father as well as themselves in the long run. Man, that's deep. You know, that's deep. You know, sisters, listen. If a man, if it didn't work out between you and and the, the the father of the child, don't don't put your child through hell, keeping him from his father or her from her father. At the end of the day, you know what? Um, they deserve a mother. They deserve a father. And if it didn't work out between you and that man, do as, do what you can to make sure that the, at least the father is in the in the lives of their children. Don't don't use your children as a pawn to try to get back at him. That's that's good, man. That's a huge one, and I think many times women are looking at the immediate, right. And they're not looking at how it's going to hurt their child in the long run and damage their relationship in the long run with that child. Yeah. So, so when we when we talk about toxicity, I think a, a key a key point that goes with toxic relationships is control. It's huge. Control. So, what, what I mean by that, and it depends, but control whether it be you gain control through physical abuse, intimidation. You gain control through, you know, sex. You gain control through money. Come on. Okay. You gain control by, you know, taking a car, you know. So I think an underlying issue is control. And many times people stay in toxic relationships because over time they've lost their control. They've lost their ability to speak up. They've lost their ability to spend money that they may earn. Right. You know, they lost their ability to have their own thoughts or to express their own thoughts at the hand of a man or woman because little by little, they've been stripped away. I I wrote a book a while back called Circumcise Your Ex, and it really deals with this very thing. Right. Toxic relationships and being able to cut away from it. Now, listen, the book is titled Circumcise Your Ex. Listen, ladies, I'm not telling you to go out and circumcise no man. (laughs) Come on now. Let me just put a disclaimer here. Brother, same thing. But the, the point I was making in the book, Circumcise Your Ex, Cutting Away from the Flesh, it really deals with, you know, at times there is no good way to do it. Right. And sometimes it's bloody, not necessarily physically, but bloody in the sense that it's not going to be pretty always. Sometimes people say, well, I don't want to say nothing because he might get mad or she might get mad. or I don't want to put my kids through this. But at the end of the day, you could be five, 10 years down the road still putting your kids through it because you refuse to get bloody or you refuse to allow it to get intense. Right. So that book really dealt, deals with this very thing we're talking about. That's huge. Control, toxic relationships, and the importance the importance of separating yourself from toxic relationships. So, babe, let me ask you a question. When you think about, you know, we've had a lot of talks over the years about, you know, my relationships prior to you being married, prior to us getting married. You know, you shared me your relationships prior to us getting married. And then, you know, we came together as one. And that that was the beauty, which I really appreciated. You know, I, I didn't want any skeletons. I wanted to be able to say, babe, you know, talk to you and tell you, like, this is kind of my past. But as you think about toxic relationships, what are some of the things that uh, that you saw that help women and or men uh, get out of toxic relationships? What were some key pointers that you would say that, that served as helps? One of the first things that served as help was making up my mind to step back and to spend time alone. 
That's good. Being alone, not even though it, it didn't eliminate the desire for relationship. Right. Which I, I think is good. I think that God wired us to want connection. But for me in particular, I had to cut it off so that I could really see clearly what was going on within my heart and my mind so that I could make decisions that weren't driven from past wounds. Okay. That was that was a huge, huge part. It was a very painful process, but it was a very necessary process because I had to set new standards for myself and understand my value. And once I understood my value, this was the most the most powerful thing was I learned your opinion and your thoughts about me are not going to dictate my decision making. Yeah, that's uh, good. Because in the past, manipulation was a problem. People manipulating off of my emotions after being in a relationship with me for a while. It yeah. wasn't like right off the jump. Right. That they, that they gain the your trust. Right. You know, gain your trust. And yeah, I got you. Right. And, and I think that that is a primary issue that surfaces, gaining trust. But the stepping away, understanding my value and not... Uh, becoming a slave to my emotions. Right. You know, understanding that emotions are fickle, that even though I may at this moment have such a strong desire to be with a man, that's my time to really pay attention. Okay, what's driving this desire? Right. Is it healthy or is it toxic? And if it's toxic, really asking God to come in and to heal that yeah. part of me. And this is work. Man, that's deep though. That point when you said be alone, because a huge part of it, like I've seen people, even ministered to people, um, and they've gone from person to person, relationship to relationship. Yeah. And it's the same type of relationship, just different man or different woman. Right. But it's the same thing at work. And oftentimes they're so quick to get into a relationship before they're really, they've done their homework. They've done some inner healing. They've, you know, worked on self. Right. Because before you know it, they're operating in that toxic relationship and they become a magnet. So the men or the women that they attract are the same people that's operating in that same thing because it's it's comfortable. So I want to stress, hey, ladies, brothers, listen, if if you've just got out of a a destructive relationship, a toxic relationship, give yourself time to heal. Right. Give yourself time to truly process your feelings, your emotions. Give yourself time to truly analyze who you are, how you function and areas that you need to grow in and mature in. Before you jump right into another relationship, right, a rebound right. relationship, and then before you know it, you're looking at the other person like, why are you abusing me? Because I want you to understand there is a direct correlation, not always the case, so don't put me in a box, but a lot of times there's a direct correlation between the abuser and, and the person, the abuser and the victim, meaning, hmm. okay, meaning. Now, I'm not saying the abuser gets a pass. No, it is wrong. Right. Okay. But if we never get to a point where we look at what is it in me that's not making someone abuse me, but contributing. Right. Okay. Meaning, do I have low self-esteem? Now, this is not always the case, but is there areas I need to improve on my self-esteem, work on my self-esteem? Is there areas where I need to accept that I'm beautifully and wonderfully made? Right. Am I I wounded from my childhood and I'm seeking a father that I never had at the hands of an abuser? So I want to stress when you're quick to go back into a relationship you're robbing yourself 
of the opportunity to do some soul search, some soul work and get healed so that you can truly operate in a healthy function, you know, functional relationship. Right. You know, as you were talking, there's just this analogy that popped into my head. So when we don't take the time to be alone, to get the healing that we need, whether it's self-reflection, mentorship, going to a therapist, a counselor, coaching, uh, tapping into these tools to heal. When you don't do that, you consult with toxic emotions. Think about this. That's good. That's good, man. You're consulting with toxic relationships and the prescription that you will get is another man, Mm. is another woman, or it it will drive you into um, addictive behaviors to numb. Right. It's not going to lead you into a path of healing and restoration and, and reset. So be mindful when you are taking that time alone, how much time you are giving, how much time and attention you're giving to consulting emotions that have not been healed. That's good. That That's huge because you always remember, and I know always is a strong word, but when you consult with something that is toxic, it's going to lead to something that is deadly or poisonous. After it's been going on for so long, if we think about in the natural, if you keep drinking something and it has a little bit of toxicity in it and you drink it every single day, eventually it's going to uh, affect you to the point where it can become so toxic where it can kill you or it can rob your vision. It can cripple you. Well, see, and that's that point where, you know, because we open up talking about definitions of toxic, harmful, poisonous, venomous destructive. And so what happens when you stay in a toxic relationship long enough, mm-hmm. okay, whether or not you are actually killed physically, the, the vast majority of the issue is you take on the attributes of that toxicity or that poison. Right. And so out of your mouth, you begin to spew poison. God. Out of your emotions, you begin to ooze destruction. Right. Out of your how you talk, how you view life, how, how you see things. You've been tainted by the very poison or the very toxicity that you stayed under. And so it, you begin to take on those attributes of destruction. And so how you talk to people is destructive. Right. Instead of bringing life with your mouth, you bring death. Gosh. You know, instead of speaking life, you speak death. Instead of instilling hope in your children and you can do it in encouragement, you, you tell them they ain't no good, just like they no good daddy or your mama with nothing. So I want to stress, this is generational. Come on now. Sisters, brothers, this is generational. If you do not do anything to get out of a toxic relationship, not only are you putting your life in jeopardy, but you're putting the, the, the lives of your children, generations to come in jeopardy because now they have to fight the demons that you refuse to fight. Come on. They have to deal with the stuff that mommy and daddy should have slain a long time ago. Right. And I want to stress, not only do we as, as a, uh, you know, mothers and fathers, not only do we deserve better, but our children deserve better. I don't want my children fighting the same devils that I'm fighting. I don't want them fighting the same issues that I'm fighting. They got some, some greater heights to accomplish, some greater stuff to accomplish. And God forbid that I do not do what I need to do on this side of heaven. And then they're here picking up, fighting the same fights that I should have uh, conquered a long time ago. Come on. That's good. That's real good. Got me hyped up here, girl. <laughs> but this is this is deep, though, man. It really is. You know, because, and, and I'm saying this 
you know, and we've had some transparent conversations. I'm not talking like I've just read a book. I'm saying this is life, my life. Well, and I think also if you're if you're single listening to this, understand that as you do your work as a single man, as a single woman, there's a whole nother level of work that that you have to do when you join, connect yourself with another soul, because there's areas that are going to be touched that have not been touched in your singlehood. So the work is ongoing. It's it's a perfecting. There's no such thing as perfection, but there is a a perfecting. There is a working out that grows grows us up into love and learning how to love deeper, how to really walk it out. And you don't learn those things by running away and staying in a toxic place because truth be told, it's easier to stay than to get out because to get out of toxic relationship, it's a fight. It's a mental fight for some. It's a physical and mental fight. And sometimes it's like, man, I just don't want to fight. I'm just going to settle and and stay in this and understand that that's not going to lead you to it. It just leads to destruction of purpose, destruction of vision, destruction of dreams. And we can go on and on. And so is it easier to stay in toxic relationships? Absolutely. Right. I want to stress, you know, I said a long time ago that I would never. The last thing I want to do is, is speak something that I haven't lived myself or operate in a in hypocrisy. But I want to stress, you know, for me, and I want I need to share this. And, and at the end of the day, people can take it if they want to take it or, or deny it. But I, I stand firm and hold on to the power that flows in us through God. And I want to stress to our listeners, listen, you know, I don't know your upbringing. I don't know where you're from. I don't know what you believe in, but I, I do need to share, you know, the word. And, and it's, it's, it's foundational. And I know had it not been for God, I would have been stuck in plenty of toxic relationships. You know, as the world is dealing with COVID-19 and a mandatory fast, there were some things that I learned um, through some struggles that forced me into a fast, meaning I just had to do without some things. And it really made me sit down and be still and be quiet. But out of this, listen, listeners, I want to stress a key foundational uh, step or process is get connected to God. You know, John 15, 5 talks about how Jesus, he's divine, and we need to remain in him and him in us. And through our connection with God, we will produce much fruit. Right, so listen, right. I'm not trying to beat you over here to the Bible, but I'd be lying to you if I didn't share uh, the word. Right, right. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. You cannot do this only on the strength of your flesh. Yes, you got to do your work, but I'm going to stress there, there's divine power in the word of God. So I challenge, you know, listeners, Pick up your sword, dust up your word, and just spend some time. I'm not saying you're going to be a monk, 15 hours a day praying, but I, I challenge you, I encourage you, I charge you. Get connected to the vine, okay, because you deserve better. Absolutely. So I hope today's uh, topic has been a blessing to you, that you continue to grow and to develop, to recognize areas in you that are toxic And one of the most powerful things, I do want to share this before we close. One of the most powerful comments that I ever heard years ago was in your journey of getting healing. I want to give a shout out to uh, Apostle Ivory Hopkins. Years ago, he made this comment. Have you ever asked God to heal those that you wounded? Man, man. Man, man, man. Because oftentimes we only look at... What we've been through and how we were hurt. Man. But never looking at the people that we hurt. Come on. 
Man, that's good. It was, it was huge. And so as you all kind of sit back and listen to this, don't forget to acknowledge areas in you that have been toxic towards others. Yeah. And asking God to heal those that you wounded because you were broken and you needed healing. Yeah. And so it's not always about the person that wounded you. That's We've good. done some wounding. That's good. So I, I would encourage our listeners, you know, check us out, you know, uh, hit us up. Um, you know, we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts. Go ahead, baby. Tell them where they can check us out at. To hear more, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. You can hit up our website, loveyourlife.com, L-O-V-U-R-L-I-F-E.com. You can check out our podcast on there as well. We thank you so much for tuning in today, and we pray God's blessings upon you. God bless. Peace. To the city that raised me. Shout to the people that made me. I'm from the 80s. I don't think mumbling wavy. I grew up black on a Jay-Z. Maybe I'm crazy. I ain't been wondering lately. Feel like it's there for the taking. Feel like I'm good with the changes. Know who I am, and that's the most dangerous thing. Hey, Love Your Life fam. It's Crystal and Andre Holland. What's up, everybody? Hey, looking forward to hearing from you. So to find us, you can check us out on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and Stitcher. We look forward to hearing from you all.